Hope you all had a very good Christmas. I know I did. There were a lot of parties, a lot of gifts, and maybe even some family gatherings, although I think at this point you might be a little bit ready to be done with family gatherings. Uh, I myself had five Christmas parties in the last week and a half. Um, I think it's a little ironic that we celebrate the Holy Family uh, right after we get done being with them and we're sort of sick of, with, of some of our relatives. Um, but all kidding aside, uh, we love our families. Our families really are, are the foundations for who we are. Our lives revolve around them in many different ways. And so it is very good for us to celebrate the family on the week after Christmas, the Sunday after Christmas, on this Feast of the Holy Family, the paradigm for all families around the world. And to thank God for everything and all the graces and benefits that he has bestowed on us through our families and for all that they do for us. Because the family is not just a natural entity, brothers and sisters. It's a supernatural and spiritual one, too. Because as the family goes, so goes society. The health of society as a whole is connected with the health of the family. And Jesus Christ himself entered the world through the family. That was his point of entry. That was the place where he entered our universe. And by doing that, he gave the family a special mission, a special mission for us that continues to this day, that the family not just be the building block of society, an earthly society, but the building block of the church as well, the building block, if you will, of a supernatural society. And the family truly does have an integral role to play in the health of society and of the church because it's the foundation of both. And it's why Pope St. John Paul II talked so extensively throughout his pontificate about the importance of the family, that as the family goes, so goes society. But ever since Christ entered the family, that holy family of Nazareth, of Mary and Joseph, and gave it its special mission, Satan has been trying to attack the family ever since, with threats from outside of the definition of a family and many people living together outside of marriage. But there are many threats from within as well, some that have been around since the beginning of time, most notably of infidelity. But I want to talk about maybe a more current one, one that's a little bit more modern, a little bit more prevalent today. I want to talk about the mortal sins of consuming impure or immoral images in film. Because these materials erode at the family. They erode at love and they erode at fidelity itself. And they prevent people from fully giving of themselves totally and completely to their spouses. Marriage and all act of love should be a free and total gift of self. So it's no wonder that many people are shattered when they hear that their spouse, if, if they haven't been with someone else, have at least been devoting time and attention to others. These images and films can warp our view of how relationships should work. They impact who we love, how we love them, and how we express our love to others. And they can make our minds addicted or entitled to pleasure, and that when that pleasure isn't satisfied within marriage, it's often then attempted to be found elsewhere, outside of marriage. If the desire isn't satisfied, many do in fact, look elsewhere, and it's no surprise that these materials can increase infidelity by over 300%, where many are less satisfied in marriage and less willing to sacrifice for love itself. 
And therein lies the problem for the family, because these materials can promote a worldview of what can I get out of a relationship as opposed to what I can give. And that's so crucial. It's a very, very great distinction. Because love is not about what I can get. That is antithetical to love itself. Love is a gift. Christ gave himself freely for us on the cross. Love is always a pure, free, and total gift of self. And these materials can prevent couples from living that out in its fullness in marriage. And it can be very, very detrimental. It can be incredibly, incredibly detrimental, in fact. Because within marriage, it can build resentment and distrust and ultimately break down many, many relationships. And I know this because I've seen it. I've seen it only in the last seven months. I've only been a priest for seven months, but I've seen or at least heard it quite frequently, especially in the confessional. And I've seen the devastating effects that this can have on young people, people preparing for marriage, and those in marriage as well. A lot of people, though, might think, you know, what's, what's the big deal? What, what happens in the privacy of my own home is my own business. The church really shouldn't have a say. And many people can very easily think it's a victimless sin. But I would be hard-pressed to tell that to any spouses or children in marriages that have struggled and the difficulties that that brings and the families that are torn apart. We know that over 50% of marriages end in divorce, and I dare say these materials can play a role in many of those cases. And the church does have a stake in this, brothers and sisters, because the family is that foundation of the church. It's where the faith is taught to our young people. And if families are struggling, less people are learning the faith as a whole, less people are seeing the faith lived out in its fullness, and we're not able to communicate the faith to the next generation of Catholics. Now, I want everyone here to know that if you are struggling with any of these sins, know that you have no greater ally in the fight for purity than myself, Father Chrismer, Monsignor Callahan, or the church as a whole. We are in your corner. We are with you in that fight for purity. And know that no one should ever feel ashamed over any sin that they have. And that's certainly not my intention here. We have great consolation to know that some of the greatest saints in the church's history have struggled with these very same things. St. Augustine in particular, and even St. Francis of Assisi, both of them struggled mightily with sins of the flesh. And to those who have fallen, know that we are in your corner. We are in your corner and we are with you. We want to help you bring freedom to your life and know that you are loved, know that you are supported, and know that you are called to authenticity in relationships as much as anyone else. The best remedy for those saints, and I think one of the best remedies for us today, to fight these evils in our time is frequent reconciliation and frequent reception of Holy Communion. To receive the fortitude and the strength and the words of encouragement and mercy of our Lord in the confessional and to receive nourishment in the Eucharist. The best remedies we have, the sacraments themselves, to help us on that fight for holiness and virtue every day. And know that God is ready to meet you and is already loving you in this invitation to greater holiness. Because we need strong marriages, we need strong families, brothers and sisters, because the health of society and the church as a whole depends on it. To fulfill that mission that Christ himself gave it those many years ago at Nazareth. 
So let's pray today that we can pattern our families after that holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph and help make Christ visible to the world. And let us rid our families of anything not of God and of sinful habits. And may we, in the midst of all the temptations of our, of our time, strive for holiness for ourselves and our families too.